count of three when children open the shoe boxes, they're so excited. I mean, it's just been incredible. Kids are so excited, giving them a gift, do it in Jesus' name, and that's what this is all about. Jesus loves you. It's a gospel opportunity. It's the chance for the children to change the entire life. The Word of God is spreading. The gospel is advancing. It is impacting children. It is impacting families. It is impacting the world greatly. Thank you for praying. Thank you for giving. God will bless, and God will use your gift to touch the life of a child and to be able to do it in Jesus' name. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. God bless each and every one of you. Welcome here. My name is Grant, one of the pastors here at Cedar Valley Church, and I am joined this morning by John. Hi, uh, and we're here to get the service started for you this morning. Yeah, so we're doing a little bit of practice training with this uh, some multi-cam stuff here, so I thought we'd just tag team the, uh, the welcome for y'all this morning. First of all, this is your first time here. Uh, welcome. Um, we'd love to get to know you more. Uh, the best way to do that is by contacting and connecting on the stream, sending us a message, or emailing us at hello at cedarvalley.ca. Yeah, and one of the best ways to stay up to date with the different things happening at Cedar Valley Church is by following us on Facebook, Instagram, or heading over to our website, cedarvalley.ca, and signing up for our email newsletter. We send out weekly, we send out some uh, devotional posts on all those platforms as well. Yeah, and next week we've got an in-person service again. Yeah! Um, yay! So we're doing this once a month. Um, we've got three service times, 8.30, 10, and 11.30, so there's enough room for everyone uh, to join safely. Yeah, and the important thing is you have to sign up ahead of time for this. So we have a sign-up form on our website, cedarvalley.ca. Again, you'll see it right on the homepage there. Uh, or you can even just uh, send us an email again, hello at cedarvalley.ca. Give us a phone call, 604-826-2445. Leave a message. We'll make sure to get you on that list. Let us know how many people are coming, what service you'd like to attend. We can't wait to see you there next week. Okay, we're going to get going here with the time of worship. And our worship team has recorded some songs with lyrics on the screen, so you at home can join in. Yeah, and after that, Kate is bringing us a special lesson just for the kids, so stay tuned for that. And Pastor Doug is continuing uh, in our road trip series. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun morning. But before we head into all of that, if you're watching live, head over to the comment section on Facebook or YouTube and answer this question for a little icebreaker this morning. The cameras are everywhere these days. We got two of them filming us right now. Uh, my phone has a better camera than any of the ones I grew up with as like a side feature too, stuff like that. But uh, they're just super accessible, but they didn't always used to be that way. Uh, what's the first camera or camcorder that you owned? Super 8, VHS recorder, old film SLR. I know what most of those things mean. Um, <laughs> or did you start in the digital age like I did? Yeah, just like John. All right, thanks for joining us again this morning. We're going to have a great morning. Bye.
come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come brokenhearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come near. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can heal. So lay down your Praise the name 
Cedar Valley kids and new visitors. We're so excited when we have people come and visit with us and spend time with us. So welcome here. We're so happy that you're a part of our morning. Um, we do have some awesome opportunity for comments on the side as well. So if you want to comment on my questions, and if you have questions of your own, I would love to respond to those and love to see some information coming from you guys. So welcome here. I have been praying this week. I've been praying so much about just the fact that you guys would know God's awesome love his love for you, his love for every person, and the fact that he's got awesome plans for you, and not just awesome plans, but awesome adventures. Do you guys like adventures? I love adventures. Just yesterday, I was completely covered in mud. I don't think I'll get the stains out of my clothes, but going on adventures is a really amazing part of life. God gives us those opportunities so that we can experience his creation, his glory, and also learn to depend on him a little bit. I have here in my handy dandy backpack. You can see it's pretty stained. It's been through some pretty crazy adventures of its own. And it's probably older than most of you guys are. But in my backpack, I've got some things. This morning, I asked my son Silas if he could make a map for me. Do you guys ever think of maps when you think about adventures? I certainly do. And when I think about maps, sometimes I think about treasure maps. And Silas definitely seemed to have that thought in his mind. So it's pretty incredible. Like when you think about looking at a map, if you look at this map, would you know where we were supposed to start? He's got here a place that says start, but I don't know if starting means that I'm supposed to start from here at the church 
or if I'm supposed to start from my house or maybe from like his favorite place would be Drumheller, I think. So if we were just supposed to start in Drumheller and this was supposed to take us through all the Badlands, I have no idea unless I were to ask him, right? But if you were to look at a map and think about who is going to teach you how to read that map, the Bible actually tells us that the Bible is kind of like a map and the Holy Spirit was sent to help teach us and to guide us through that. So, and you can see here, I didn't even ask Silas to do these things. I just said, hey, can you draw me a map? So you can see here he wrote start and then all the way over here, I didn't ask him to do anything like this, but he put a trap here. And then if you make it past the trap, there's a tiger and he looks like he's upside down, but he's actually upside down because if you go down that way, you're gonna end up getting swallowed up by him. His mouth is open and he's just gonna eat you up. And then if you go down this way, if you're not careful to go across the bridges, you could end up in the river. There's so much going on in this map and more traps and there's an alligator pond and then there's piranhas. Seriously, that's kind of like life sometimes, don't you think? It feels like there's all these amazing adventures to go on, but sometimes I feel afraid. Sometimes I feel like I don't know if I'm ready to take on that adventure because I don't know how to go about the right way so that I don't get hurt or end up scaring somebody else. But that's why God is so amazing. He knew that all of these adventures, even though they're hard sometimes and gonna be amazing, he knew that he was gonna have to help us. And so the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is the one that guides us in truth. He shows us where to go so that we end up being safe. And that is from John chapter 16, verse 13. And I would love it if you guys want to send me some other verses about following the Holy Spirit so that we're kept safe and so that we can enjoy the adventures that God has for us. So Silas was kind to me. He did give me a good spot where I could go across. So all the way down here, you can see that you can follow this trail and up and around these loops and past the happy hippo and around here. And then all the way over here, X marks the spot. And you know what? It was pretty incredible. Love the fact that children think about these things, but Silas actually just on his own, he had no idea what this map was for. We were just having fun drawing together and I said, can you draw me a map? And he put a cross down there at the end. And that is exactly what I needed this map for, is that that is the perfect treasure. That is the prize. So this is my treasure map. And if at the end where I end up is at the cross where he's got a star for me there, I actually have something that Caleb, my other little guy, lent to me. Oh, you can see this here. His great-grandmother's chest. And inside here is where Caleb keeps his treasures. But I added some treasures of my own. So there are, this is Caleb's treasure. It's a rock salt that he took from one of my candles. <laughs> so that's the only treasure Caleb has in here right now. But I added some Bible verses for him. So we've got this one. Let's see if this will stay on here. Let's see what our treasure is. It says Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then all his joy, he went and sold absolutely everything that he had. And he bought the field. That's an incredible thought, right? This treasure that leads us to God. If that treasure is knowing Jesus and having relationship with Jesus, that's the best thing that we can have. And we're supposed to get rid of all of the other stuff in our life so that we can have that. That sounds like a pretty crazy thing to do. But when you think about that being the perfect treasure, that is pretty incredible. And there's another verse in here that I'm going to find for you that talks about how we can do that and what that looks like. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you walk around with nothing. That means that your focus is on the good treasures. And it says here in Matthew 6, 20 and 21, to store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. And those treasures in heaven talk about being kind to other people and loving other people. So can you guys tell me what some of those treasures might look like for you? You can put in the comments here what that might be. But for me, if I'm thinking about heavenly treasures and I'm thinking about following God and the Holy Spirit, and doing what it is that Jesus has asked me to do, that means that I'm doing things like being considerate of others and giving to others of what I have, giving them my time. And along this road, you could think about the fact that there are other people there that need your consideration and time. Maybe there's someone that you could stop to help across the bridge. Maybe there's someone you can save from the tiger. 
those would all be the best treasures and you guys could add all those amazing things to your treasure box that you'll have in heaven. So I'm super excited to hear about what kinds of answers you have and I have a challenge for you. So if you have a treasure box at home or even a Tupperware container, while your parents are watching the service for the rest of the morning, I'd love for you guys to write and draw your own treasure map for your parents. Fill some little containers with some neat treasures to share with them and then hide them around the house and then once they're done with the sermon you can give them the treasure map and get them to hunt for your treasures and if you put some bible verses in there i think they would be super excited about that too so so excited to spend another week with you guys thanks so much for spending time with us i hope you have an awesome week enjoying your adventures with what god's got in store for you see you You know, one of the favorite things that I like to do in our backyard at our place is sit around the fire pit. We do it as often as we can, summer, fall, winter, spring, doesn't matter if it's hot or cold, I just like sitting around the fire pit together. Most often, some of our kids are there, a bunch of the grandkids, and we're having a great time. Laughing and joking, the stories, the food. It's just great. You kind of create this, this closeness, this bond together as you're gathered around the fire, as it invites you in. And you know, as evening descends um, and it gets a little cooler, you just build the fire bigger. And as darkness consumes the light of day, you have nothing but the light of the fire. And often, after everyone has packed up and gone home, Jenny and I will just sit there some more and just enjoy our time. And we talk about life and love and sometimes the church. And once in a while, I'll just take a coal out of the fire and just kind of set it off to the side. And while the wood and the coals in the main part of the fire seem to be feeding off one another, there's energy and warmth. It doesn't take long, and that coal, the light and the heat, it just starts to diminish. It, it has nothing close to it to, to continue, to keep it vibrant. And it got me thinking about the church, about being connected or not, about going to church or not going to church. And so I've got a question for you is, why the church? Why go to church? Why be a part of the church? You know, it's possible for someone to say, well, I believe in Jesus, but I don't need to go to church. I would put it the other way around. You believe in Jesus, why wouldn't you go to be a part of the church? And yet, why is it if you do go to church, why is it that you go? Well, maybe your parents take you, or maybe your spouse drags you, or maybe it's out of habit from growing up all the years of attending with your family, or maybe because it's your friends are there. Or maybe it's because, well, that's just what Christians do. Or possibly, God might be mad at me if, if I don't go. But you know what? Being a part of the church is so important. This may seem like a really poor time to talk about gathering with the church because right now our gatherings are very limited. But I think it's very timely to consider because you know what? After seven months of sitting at home and sometimes watching Sunday morning and sometimes not, or getting pretty comfortable going from the bedroom in your sweats to the couch, and sitting down for 45 minutes and watching church and then, and then say to yourself, well, we just did church, now what? Some of you miss the regular gatherings, the regular gatherings, but others, it's well, it's giving you some freedom with your weekend. 
You might say, well, I can watch, I can listen from home or in the car, and that's true. You know, you can listen to and you can watch some really great preaching and teaching and worship on TV or online, but the church isn't about watching. What is the church? It's not the building. You don't even need a building. A church is not a place that I go or an event that I attend. It's a spiritual family that I belong to. That's really the heart of what we're talking about when we talk about the church. You know, it can be a gathering as large as 5,000 people or maybe a small group of, of five. But the church is not a place I go or an event I attend. It's a spiritual family that I belong to. Now, if you're sitting there this morning or this evening, whatever day of the week it is, you're catching this. If you're not a part of a church, why not? Well, you could say, well, I could do it on my own. But you know what? You were not created to do it on your own. You were created for community. And just like that coal that was burning bright amongst the the community of the fire, not long after it was separated, it ceased to have the characteristics that it had initially. That's potentially what could happen as we distance ourselves from the community of the church. You could say, well, it's just a bunch of hypocrites that attend church. Well, you know what? Church is full of people who are not perfect, but they're forgiven, and we're on a journey to what God has called us and created us to be. And we stumble and we fall, but we're there to pick each other up and move each other forward. I've heard that, well, the church just asks for money. Well, it's God that is asking for our tithe, for our offering, so his work may be accomplished. Well, you could say, well, there's, there's people there that, that I just don't like. You know what? Just like any family, there may be personalities that you don't mesh with. But that's okay. What a great opportunity to learn, to love, to be patient, to forgive. So what is the church? Well, if we go back to the Greek word ecclesia, it really means to be the called out ones. The church is a community of God's people. It's the local gathering, whatever size, wherever they meet, to the universal church worldwide. So what's so great about the church? Well, first of all, it's God's idea. In Matthew 16, 18, we read, Jesus saying himself, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. What an incredible statement. Jesus himself was going to form this gathering, this body of believers, those who were following him into the church. And there was nothing on this earth or even in hell that will conquer it. You have the opportunity, we have the opportunity to be a part of something that will last for eternity. And though it may be attacked and disparaged or set aside, it will always remain. You are a part of something when you're a part of the church that is eternal because Jesus said so. And then we discover that these believers in Jesus, they form a community. And in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 and 42 and 46, we read, Those who believed were baptized and added to the church. They joined with the other believers and committed themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and they worshiped together regularly at the temple courts and met in small groups in homes. 
Consider some of the key words we discover about this first gathering of the church that Jesus had created. As they believed, they were added together to the church. They didn't stay off on the outside on their own. They were brought into the community. They joined with the other believers. They participated in the life and the activity of the church. They committed themselves. It wasn't just a thing where they showed up once in a while. No, this was something that became a part of their lives. And they committed themselves to the teaching of the Word, to gathering with one another, to building each other up, the fellowship, and they worshiped, they praised God, they celebrated regularly. Sometimes at the temple in the large group, and often in small groups in their homes. You know, when we talk about the church, it's always mentioned in the plural sense, never as a singular. The gathering could have been small, but it was never alone. To be in Christ, it's not a private experience, but it's one of community. To be united with Christ means to be united with other believers. That's the church. And we read in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. The church is about you joining together. It's about us as we celebrate and we live and we love and we serve and we learn what it means to be like Christ, followers of Christ. It even gives us examples of how to live. In Ephesians 5.25, we read, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We have this image that the church is the bride of Christ. And our responsibility till he returns to Jesus is to be faithful to him. Now consider this. If the God of creation was so committed to your joy, to our joy, and the fulfillment of our life, that he died for you, so you would have a reason to gather with other believers, to be a part of this community, how could we dismiss it as being unimportant? Why would Jesus give up his life for something that we would not be a part of? See, God's design for the church offers people something that they cannot get anywhere else. Yeah, there's a ton of great clubs and associations and groups that you can join, and there's some good things about being a part of those, for sure. But the church, the church is not a place that I go or an event that I attend. It's a spiritual family that I belong to. Being a part of a community that cares and helps, encourages, challenges, supports, supports one another, celebrates together. The church shows the love of Jesus. And you know what? The world has the opportunity to see Jesus through the church. And we have the privilege and the honor of showing the world Jesus. See, the church accepts you where you are in life, but it helps you move beyond that to be more of what God has created you to be. The church provides a community of believers that stand together in the midst of a world that often does not share your beliefs or your convictions. So what is the purpose of the church? Well, Paul gave an excellent example in Corinthians. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, all the way through to 27. He said that the church is God's hands, mouth, feet, 
in this world. We are to be doing the things that Jesus Christ would do if he were still physically on earth. The church is to be Christian, which means Christ-like and Christ-following. Wow, what an incredible opportunity. There's a place for you to serve. You have been created with unique gifts and abilities and talents to benefit the lives of others within the church and reaching out as a church to the community, to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And being a part of a church, being a part of that church, is a reminder that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. And we first see the hand through God's hand, the larger story of God unfolding all around us through his church. The church makes an eternal difference in this world. And the church equips through its teaching, through its instruction. The Sunday sermon should never replace your personal study but you have the opportunity to benefit from the teachers and the preachers who are gifted to give you God's word. So here's some benefits of being a part of the church. First of all, you know what? It strengthens marriages. A study from the Journal of Family Issues discovered that couples who attend church together increase their chances of staying married for life and they feel better about their marriages than those who don't attend church or are a part of a church. See, worship has a way of transforming our lives. For in worship, God's transforming power invades the sanctuary of our hearts and really enlarges our capacity to love. See, and within the church, this social support, it has a faith foundation. We can share experiences, be encouraged in your walk of faith as you move forward. You can have opportunity to be part of a praying community that surrounds you with the prayers and support, lifting your needs and also your joys to the Heavenly Father. See, commitment to a church also challenges us to keep regular faith practices. It's a form of accountability as we walk forward in faith. There was a study done from the University of Saskatchewan. And they found that people who go to church regularly or are a part of a church are healthier. They experience a boosted immune system they have lower blood pressure and actually a longer life. Church teaches us to learn to work together. Church also gives us a greater sense of hope. Within that same study from the University of Saskatchewan, they found that there was a 22% lower depression rate when surrounded by others who have the same hope within a church. Mm. For those who may be thinking, well, I can do church. I can do life fine without the church. Oh, you're missing out on what God created you to be. Your church is your spiritual family. And this is why, especially during this time of separateness, we're calling here as leaders of the church for you to gather safely in small groups and have church at home. Now, some of you have started this already, already gathering together in small groups at home, and that's awesome. And our desire and our plan moving forward is to have church at home gatherings throughout the town and city of Mission and even some in Abbotsford. And you're going to want to be a part of this. 
So you may be getting a call soon from someone to encourage you to join, but we would love it if you would just call off and say, you know what, I've got a living room that's big enough to sit six, eight people safely. I'd love them to come over and we can be church at home. And talk about what it means to be the church going forward in Jesus' name in our community together. So we want to continue to be the church. Let's pray. God, we thank you for what you have done through creating the church that will stand for all time into eternity. And God, we have the privilege and opportunity to be a part of what you have created and called us to be. Yeah, God, we have experienced some frustrations. We're sometimes so frail and fragile in our faith and our connections with others um, that church hasn't been what we had hoped. And yet, God, allow us to look beyond ourselves. Allow the wonderful love of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the unity of your Spirit to build us up into the church that you have designed and created us to be, that we may continue to celebrate, and others may be drawn to you through the wonderful work of your church. God, that's us. So we humbly ask that you would continue your work as we give ourselves to you. And we celebrate life, the life of the church. Thank you for your blessings upon us. Continue with us, we pray, as we learn to be the church in your name, through the work of Jesus Christ, through the blessing and the dwelling of your spirit. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, don't turn off the stream just yet, because what we're going to do is just uh, follow up a little bit of the sermon here with uh, Pastor Doug and myself. and. Uh, Start some discussion questions. Doug left off a few little discussion questions, but we want to just kind of get the dialogue going and have you continue it in your small groups that you're gathering with at home, or you can head over to the comments section, Facebook or YouTube, and add your thoughts to this stream. But you know what? Let's just, uh, we'll just recap because like, this is a great message, Doug. What's like the one thing you just want to drive home that we take with us this week and next week? Well, the one thing you can see it on the screen here, church is not a place that I go or an event that I attend, but it is the spiritual family that I belong to. Mm. And that belonging, I think, is so key for us to understand. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's a great, I, you know, yeah. I think that's the thing that, uh, the, the silver lines are the blessings, yeah. right, that we can find out of this. That's the one thing that's a truth that's really rising yeah. to the surface, right? Yeah. And it, it's, it's been a huge, I don't know, like a life-saving yeah. device, yeah. really, for, for the church, what's keeping any health going, is realizing right. this exact truth. Yeah. So uh, you've got a couple questions for us to ponder at home. Uh, you want to throw the first one there for us? Yeah, I would like you guys to think about and talk about in your groups is that what is something that the church has done well mm. in your experience, maybe right here at Cedar Valley or another gathering that you've been a part of, mm. and maybe give an example of that amongst your group, how you've been blessed by what the church has done in your life. Right, yeah. Well, you know, coming to Cedar Valley, I've only been here for just uh, under five years. I know some of you have been here your entire lives, but uh, you know, I think as you, you can look at the pros and cons, but I think the longevity, the legacy of a church that has a history is a really cool thing to pour into in a healthy way, right? So that's, that's something I've come to respect here is seeing that this is a church that's got its roots all oh, right around the beginning of yeah. mission, I think, and there's <laughs> generations yeah. of people who worship God here in the community. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those who family has been around the church for a while, uh, a number of generations here. But one of the things that really excites me, Grant, is when people come and join us that mm. I haven't known before, but the church has given us opportunity to get to know these families. And maybe they've been new to faith or they're just moved to town and they're, they're looking for a church. And that's been really exciting for me. Right. Well, I think that really goes into your next question, too, actually, is... Yeah, well, I'll let you throw that out there. Yeah. I would like us to think about what is something that Cedar Valley specifically, hmm. that maybe we could do a little bit better. 
We're in the middle, as leadership, is talking about the vision of Cedar Valley. Where does God want us to go? How can we be faithful to Him? And so we'd like to hear from you. What is it that Cedar Valley could do better, but also follow up? How can you be a part of that? Mm. Or what would it take to reach out more than we are, um, to really to be the church that God wants us to be? Totally, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, do you have a thought right off the top of your head about that, um, bubbling or? <laughs> you, you know, we're, we're starting to think a little bit more about where we are here in our community. Um, we're, we're great at gathering, I think, together, but looking specifically at who's living down the street. Um, you know, we've got an elementary school just across the street here, a wonderful group of seniors who are living across our parking lot, um, many other things. I know one of the things, Grant, you've got coming up, uh, with Halloween is oh, you've got yeah. a little activity in the park. Things like that that we can look at. How can we practically meet the needs of others? Yeah, you know yeah. what, I'd echo that too, because like I said, with the, the cool history of having this legacy of being a worshiping church, it, it becomes so easy to be comfortable. And then we, we like comfort, right? Because yeah. we like safety, we <laughs> like what's familiar to us. So we have to actually stretch ourselves and intentionally stretch ourselves. Yeah. So I think that's gonna be our our thing for this transitional season is realizing the things that we've just kind of leaned too far into the comfort yeah. side. Uh, and a lot of that's probably going to be going well beyond our walls and finding the stuff that we've, we probably have avoided because of maybe just a, a feeling of insecurity or uh, just being nervous or unsure, right? The mystery of what could be out there sharing the gospel. So yeah. 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 And, and I think we're primed as we meet at church at home to see the needs of your neighbors and then to respond to that as, as these small groups, what an excellent opportunity. Totally. Yeah. Well, again, thanks for this morning. Take this conversation. Keep it going in your own homes, in your living rooms, wherever. Maybe you're meeting here at the church watching the big screen. Uh, but yeah, have a great Sunday. Uh, we'll see you next week.